Welcome to the Serendipitous Rebel Podcast. I'm Wendy. And I'm Crystal. This podcast is for the adventure-loving, purpose-driven, action-minded, authentic, and rebellious entrepreneurs. Just like us. And just like you, we are trying to figure shit out. So join us as we talk about business and life and everything in between. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Serendipitous Rebel podcast. My name is Crystal, and I am here with Wendy. Hello. Today, we are tackling a slightly sensitive subject, but something we feel very strongly for, and that is, what's the difference between a coach and a therapist? (laughs) Also, it could be titled, what are the red flags in your coaching relationship? (laughs) I'm trying not to laugh (laughs) because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Maybe. So let's start with definitions because I think definitions are super important. What is a coach and what is a therapist? Okay. So interesting going through life or going through coaching certification. That is one of the things that is incredibly important. And there's actually a code of ethics around it. But the bottom line is one of the main differences is the, the, the issue of mental health. If you are in distress or you have mental health challenges, you see a therapist. No one as a coach should even attempt to tackle anything mental health related. Say it once again for the people in the back. <laughs> Coaches do not handle mental health issues. They do not at any time, work with someone who's really in distress. They refer to what we call baseline. If you are in distress, so distress, work with a therapist who then brings you to the baseline. A coach works with you from baseline to what they refer as thriving. While it may be the same line, (laughs) there's definitely a baseline. A therapist is licensed is credentialed, Uh, cannot in any way tackle any mental health issues without that. A coach, really, I mean, there's certifications available, but anyone can call themselves a coach. There is no licensing board. There are no requirements. Anyone can call themselves a coach. And I'm not saying that that's that's not necessarily a bad thing in any way, but again, when you're dealing with mental health, you must go the route of a therapist. If you're working with a coach, one of the things that a coach can say is, I think you need to see someone, see, you know, a professional to deal with this particular issue. And a coach should be able to, to know when they're crossing a line that they cannot cross. You explained it to me once that a coach is past oriented. So a coach will pick a scat, not a coach, I'm sorry, a therapist. No, sorry. See, a therapist is past focused. A therapist, they're going to pick a scabs. They're looking at old wounds. They're looking at healing to bring you to present. And a coach is future focused. It's It's about yeah, long-term goals, working through to those milestones. And in our particular case, it's within a professional setting. 
goals within a professional setting. Sometimes there's a little bit of personal goals sure, tied to sure. that, yeah, but um, not in, I, for us, particularly, we don't deal with like relationships. Oh no, no, no. There are coaches that do deal with relationships and they are working through other things and they're probably having to dance a little bit more of a line. Sure. Sure. I think in a professional setting, if you're hiring a business coach, that line should be pretty solid. There's not a lot of gray area there, well, in my opinion. So I will, yes, I will agree with that. You know, and sometimes things do come up. There are mindset it blocks. There are mindset issues that revolve around things that impact your ability to achieve goals. But a coach does not pick that scab. They do not talk about dead relatives. They never diagnose. Oh, that's a huge pet peeve of no, mine. No, they never diagnose. What they can do is, you know, if, if something comes up, they can say, I hear you. Let's see how we can move forward. Let's see how we can put post-its on the mirror, say how wonderful and valuable you are to yourself every day. I'm just, this is just sort of, I'm, I'm pulling this. Well, this is very, they, they're not going to, yeah. they're not going backwards and trying to figure out what happened as a child what happened? <laughs> no, it's just, that's not that you see a therapist for ultimately what you're talking about are traumatic experiences. Coaches are not trained unless of course it is a therapist who also does coaching. Okay. But in, in that case, that's fine, but you need to know a person's credentialing to find out whether they are able to address, you know, and it is really hard. I've, had coaches that actually, I had a coach who literally sent me to therapy just because of, well, if you don't do this my way, then there's something wrong with you. Ooh, that's just really, it was really triggering. Yeah. And it's, well, I've had coach, I've, I've worked with coaches who have tried to diagnose before. That's a huge flag. And by the way, you, your experience personally going to therapy does not make you an expert in therapy or in diagnosing other people. I just want to throw that disclaimer out there. I I was actually interviewed once and I was, I was talking to somebody and they said, well, it's you often end up being like a therapist to your clients. And I thought, eh, no, not at all. Not even close. Uh, and I shouldn't, you shouldn't be. And just because maybe I have had experiences with depression, I've had experiences with my own past trauma and my own issues does not make me even close to qualified to dealing with anybody else's. That's right. My issues and my trauma is why I see a therapist every Friday morning. (laughs) And then I have a coach that helps me professionally goals focused and things like that. And I do not discuss my past trauma with my coach. And I also don't ask my therapist for business advice. They're two completely <laughs> yeah, different yeah, yeah, relationships. Exactly, exactly. No, that's exactly right. And it's interesting. It's my understanding that in the coaching world, there is a movement towards more certifications, more licensing, because a lot of damage can be done. A lot of damage can be done. I've worked with clients who ultimately needed therapy and and I have, can I help find you someone for you to, you know, for you to work with? I can help you with your goal setting over even with goal setting and some of the mindsets, mindset blocks, but dealing with the past is, is really, it's, you know, that requires a great deal of skill 
Mm -hmm. and a great deal of experience. Yeah. And I think often in the coaching world in online business specifically, you end up with a lot of coaches out there who come out and they, they grow this following. And I remember sitting in a situation where I thought this is a narcissist filled room with probably a bunch of codependents and the relationship was super unhealthy. The dynamic was super unhealthy because there was a lot of too much blending of the personal and the professional mm. and too much of the diagnosing happening and a lot of it in just a really toxic way, right? Like where you have, Oh, it definitely where, can be oh, sure. where I've, I've seen situations and we've heard all kinds of horror stories come out of the woodwork where we've had clients come to us and they are leery to try coaching because they've had such negative experiences otherwise in the past with people who were not certified with people who were not credentialed delving into this space, which is why non-certified, non-credentialed people sometimes get the bad rap that they don't always deserve because somebody has negatively impacted this space in a very toxic way. I've done a lot of masterminds with coaches and things like that. Coaching is, is, is a very personal experience, very personal. It is how are you achieving whatever goal it is? And there's vulnerability. Sometimes there is shame that, mm -hmm. you know, things of that nature. And I have found my best experiences have always been one-on-one -on -one with a coach who's been able to, to allow me to work through whatever my blocks are and do it in a very kind, gentle and quiet way. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see how, the industry evolves mm -hmm. and what changes come through. I've always said, I think everyone at one point or another needs a therapist. Yes. And I do think that everyone, or at least especially in the business world, you need a coach. And it's interesting because a therapist, they say, is a longer term experience. And, and sometimes, and I think that to some extent that's, you know, coaches focus on specific goals that you have. And very few coaches are able to cover everything that you could possibly need. Mm -hmm. So you may need a certain kind of coach when you start. And as you work your way up the chain, you need, you, you know, different coaching may become necessary, you know, may mm -hmm. become needed. I would be leery of anyone, you know, I'd be leery of what is it? The false prophet. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and again, you know, a coach is someone who is working with you coactively, they're not, you know, they're not just lecturing you or pontificating. They're actually really quietly listening to what you say and allowing you to really work through what it is because it's ultimately to be successful, you have to buy into it. You have to be the one doing, really doing the work, ultimately doing the work. Therapists, you know, they both, both therapists and coaches ask a lot of questions, but it's taking things in a very different direction. You don't want a, an, a coach who really has no experience and doesn't have the education or the background to be like, as Crystal said, picking scabs. Ooh, it's just very painful. And then, you know, ultimately remember when you pick a scab, it ends up scarring. One, ooh, that was, ooh, that's good. That's yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, and, and what I what I think about when I think of that is that when you do enter in a relationship, whether it's a mastermind experience with a group coaching experience or a one-on-one -on -one coaching experience, you are very vulnerable 
in those moments. And I think a coach that is working from a code of ethics recognizes and respects that vulnerability and that relationship and is forward focused, is goals oriented and is doing, is looking at everything from a very healthy standpoint. Mm -hmm. What we had, what I, the toxic or the negative side of coaching is that we, I have seen manipulation. I've seen a lot of, uh, if you're not willing to invest in my program, then you have money mindset issues, things like that. And that's, that's, that's a whole different, that's a whole toxic, that's a whole different podcast, I think. But I think when you think about, again, I, I, it's like, why you could almost like call this, what are some flags, red flags in your coaching agreement is when your coach starts to cross some of those lines and starts to say like, well, really, I think that you've had issues from your childhood trauma about money and we need to work on that together. Well, eh, no, that's not really what. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're not, you can't, no one else can, you know, a coach is not diagnosing anything. Yeah. And in digging in, they can question and you, you know, you can say, well, you know, I grew up in a house with, I don't know, money. We were poor, very poor, didn't have enough food. There's ways of working that through and a lot and, and, you know, focusing on gratitude or focusing on future goals. Mm -hmm. You know, there may be something there, but you're not picking at it. You're just letting, you know, and, and, and really you're saying if, if you feel that there are issues or there, you know, at times, and it's hard to say right now because this is very generic, but there are times where a coach could say, you know, I, you may want to talk to a professional, a therapist about this or your doctor, you may, you know, and actually it's good. You can refer to your doctor who really can, you know, help uh, find the appropriate professional. But then again, there are ways of, again, focusing on really it's positive psychology, actually, that, you know, even when you have trauma in your life, there's positive psychology that exercises and tools that can work you in. Again, it's from baseline. You're healthy. You're not, you're not chat, you know, there, you don't have mental health challenges. I can actually give the best example of that. Oh, okay. So I work with a coach and we were in a group setting and we were talking about brand photography. We're talking about photographs and branding Mm -hmm. and the topic came up of, look, I know a lot of you do not like being in your own photos. And we talked about like some of the issues. And then she goes, you know, I can sit here and give all the live long day and talk about tips we can do for body image and things like that. But ultimately, if you are really struggling with this, it might be time to go see a therapist. Mm -hmm. And so what it was, was she was acknowledging the line in that moment of, I'm going to give you some tools and tips and tricks in the photography. I'm going to tell you, you need to do it because we, we need to be the face of our brands. We need to get there. But some of us have some deeper rooted issues about that that are more so than other people. Mm-hmm. And she said, ultimately where you fall on the spectrum is going to determine, do you just need a kick in the pants for me, your coach, or do you need to see a therapist? Mm-hmm. And that is, and what I loved about that was it was mm-hmm. acknowledging that there is a line here. Sure. And she was acknowledging and giving permission in that room, honestly, to say, Hey, some of you have such bad body issues that you need 
therapy and God, least who's not among us on that sometimes <laughs> it was acknowledging that in that moment, instead of her trying to work through your yeah, body not, issues no, that she recognized no. that's and, not her job. Well, and also there's that, that actually particular topic also or lends itself to the toxic positivity where, you know, you, you know, you wake up in the morning, you breathe there for, you shouldn't worry about how you feel about your self-image. I do think that's a good thing. We're just, the comment is made and really it leaves it up to you as an individual to make that decision. Yeah. And it's not telling somebody you need therapy because also that's not, (laughs) that's not what a good coach should do either. It's more like saying it's more like self-censoring in the moment in the coaching call and to say, Hey, this is actually not my lane. Mm-hmm. And so exactly. I'm going to sidestep exactly. out of it exactly. and you do with that, what you exactly. may. And if I can help you, exactly. I'm here to help support right. you in that exactly. journey. Otherwise I'm going to, again, coaches steer the conversation. Correct. And so it's about being right. able to steer the conversation where you want to go. Whereas a therapist is going to steer head on straight into that issue to tackle it because they're going to recognize in the moment in that call oh, this is a thing and we need to go dig in and talk about that. And so that's the big difference. But what I have seen a lot and I've heard a lot is coaches feeling like their past trauma makes them an expert in dealing with other people's trauma or their navigating their issues with depression and divorce, make them experts in navigating other people's issues with depression and divorce. And the fact of the matter is, that ain't true. That's correct. Can you be an effective divorce coach in some cases? Yes, but you're giving clarity and answers and forward focused goals and things like that. You're not delving into the relationship no, and why no. it failed and all those other things. Yeah. That's personal development that you're working on with therapists. My own personal hope is in the not too distant future, there will be more requirements and that when there's more requirements and that the certification is, you know, it, you have to be certified. It means that you immediately agree to a specific code of ethics, which I think is so important for coaches. Coaching it, it be, and I, and this, I speak from experience can be, can I curse? Yes. Okay. So no, we have be, the expletive rating. Oh, I'm so exciting. So excited about that. It's a mind, it can be an absolute mind fuck. You don't want ever to be in a coach where you start doubting yourself. You know, well, I'm not, well, clearly I'm not good enough or clearly I'm not doing this right. Or that's not the relationship that you should want to have with your coach. You should, with a coach, you should feel, oh, I feel great. You know, I'm excited. They're helping me, you know, day to even day to day, just I'm getting stuff done. I'm, I'm achieving what I want. You really want to feel super excited as opposed to crappy or inferior. <laughs> yeah. You should never, never feel inferior never, talking no. to your coach. Um, you should never feel like you're being talked down to. Oh, never, never. Again, it's like as a co-active relationship, this is a partnership. Unless you have a specifically outlined different relationship, the coach is not there to give advice. The coach is not even there to mentor, which implies that they are above you in the relationship. Really, truly a partnership. I had a long-term coach who just took, who's just taking a sabbatical. I would get off calls with her. And I mean, even though we dug through a lot of blocks, 
I was always happy. It was like an adrenaline rush. Yeah. You felt like you were very energized. Yes. 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 And that's the kind of thing I think that people should want to have. Now it's not to say that sometimes things aren't challenging or things don't, you know, nothing, no one is saying thing, all things come easy, but you want to be in a, in a coaching relationship with a huge cheerleader. Yeah. And it's the same thing for like mastermind environments too, right? Because it's you, what you want is you want to work in a moment because when you're in that environment, you are very vulnerable and there are things that are going to come up. And as entrepreneurs, our personal lives do bleed into the professional lives. Yeah. And so I think it was a matter of saying, I think even when I came to you, you know, I had real fears about my daughter and her health and how was that going to affect my ability to show up professionally. Mm -hmm. And so the goals oriented was not you working with me about getting over the fears of what is going to happen with my daughter. That's what I see my therapist on Friday mornings about what you and I talk about. And what we talked about was what are the professional things you need to have in place to feel more secure in the situation? How, what can we do to, so we talked about systemizing businesses. Mm -hmm. We talked about dialing back a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We talked about winding down other Mm -hmm. business lines. We talked about setting priorities and goals and what, what do I need to do? And the key focusing on your purpose. Yeah. And and then she (laughs) could always, and then always goes back to the purpose, back to the purpose. And then she (laughs) kicked my ass about accountability. Well, are you certified? Have you done your certification yet? It was just a question. It was a kick in the ass. It was good. (laughs) You mentioned something that I I think is really interesting. Masterminds group coaching is possible and hot, you know, and, and I think that people think of hot seats as group coaching. It's not actually coaching when you're posing a problem and other people are giving you advice. That's consulting. That's that's consulting. That's advising strategy. You know, I think that it's very exactly. It's very difficult to actually say this is a coaching mastermind. Now, not to say it's, 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 it's not possible. It is. It's just, I think that to me, I feel more comfortable if going to a mastermind when they refer to it as, you know, you have leaders who are, you know, mastermind mm-hmm. leaders, adventure leaders, what, whatever the phrase is, because you know that they're leading you down a path of their choosing to a large extent. And you're knowing what you really know what that is. And does this work for you? You know, I'm not someone, I don't do well in hot seats personally. I feel like I'm on, you know, sitting in a straight chair with the, the, the blinding light over me and questions are bombed at me. I don't feel interrogated. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. They're stressful. Yeah. I'm, I just, I'm a different processor knowing ahead of time, you know, what type of, of situation is this going to be? I find to be super, well, it's a requirement at this point. You don't do a lot of coaching, mm-hmm. true coaching. First of all, I don't necessarily like it to be in public because mm-hmm. you can hit nerves, raw nerves, things like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I think that there's, it's, it's all, it's to some extent, a lot of labeling, mm-hmm. but it's also for the consumer, for the buyer to have an understanding of what this labeling means. So, yeah. And ultimately when we said, should we do a podcast on this? Mm -hmm. I think it was, 
you know, a lot of our audience are coaches, but also you guys hire coaches and consultants. Like all of us are, are looking to do that. And so it's less to say, don't you do this in your practice? Because I don't think that toxic people are like really self-aware that they're mm-hmm. doing it. It's more to say, these are flags you need to look out for when you are in a coaching environment. And when you find yourself in a situation where there are some lines being crossed, it is a hundred percent okay to sit, to raise your hand and say, I'm out of here. This is not for me. And I've had to extricate myself from a toxic situation before. I know that we've had to have, I've had to have uncomfortable conversations with people before in this environment, because like you said before, if you stay, it can be a mind fuck. Mm -hmm. And And it's really, it's, it's, and it's counterproductive. I mean, it's hard to reach your goals if you don't feel like the person who you are, let's be honest, paying money to is supporting you the way you need to be supported. So, yeah. And you need, you should feel safe in that environment and it shouldn't feel, oh, like you're being extorted. (laughs) And so you should, you should know that you're in a safe environment. You're in a trusting environment and there's mutual trust. It's a give and take relationship. And that's true for a therapist and a coach. It's just a matter of what are they really trying to delve into? And so both can be really important working relationships as a working professional. They're both relationships. I think people should have in their lives. Mm-hmm. I feel like almost everybody, the whole world would be better if everybody went to therapy. I sometimes oh, think I totally agree. that being said, I think a lot of people benefit from business coaching as well. So I think oh, that definitely. you, so no, I think yeah. it's just a matter of recognizing what relationship are you entering into mm-hmm. and what, and to make sure that there are boundaries. Boundaries are important. Very, very, very important. And that just made me realize that one of the first things that I ask when I talk to coaches is who's your coach? That's a really great question. Yeah. Who is your coach? Because I've interviewed, I I have interviewed coaches in the past who've said, oh, I don't have a coach. And it's like, what? (laughs) Then how are you going to coach me? (laughs) Yeah, Because you want to know what their, what their experiences of who has shaped their and, and are they world. still growing and developing and do they buy into the whole, you know, if you're not going to spend money on, on, on coaches, then why am I spending money on you? No, yeah, it's, yeah. it's true. So I think that's it for today, guys. We want to hear your stories, any horror stories on coaching. You want to drop them in the Facebook group. <laughs> you can post anonymously <laughs> yeah. now in there. So we could, we would love to know oh, oh, really? the dirt. You can post anonymously on Facebook groups now so oh. that introverts feel like comfortable sharing oh. in spaces. I think that's okay. a phenomenal, interesting. It is. It could go one of two ways, but oh. in Rebel on the Go, it's actually, it can be a, a good way because we don't have assholes in Rebel on the Go Absolutely community. Not. Absolutely not. We want to know what were your, has your experience been with yeah, coaching, definitely. positive or negative? Definitely. And until next time, guys, we'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. But only if you liked it. Otherwise, just keep it to yourself. You can learn more about our upcoming masterminding opportunities on our website at serendipitousrebel.com. And if you have topics you'd like to hear about, be sure to submit them on our website or DM us on social media. Hey, see you next week.
Bye. Bye.